everybody, whether you're the president of a company or the paperboy, everybody has the exact same amount of time. You and I both have 24 hours a day. No more, no less. The question is, what do you do with your time? Real quick, my friends, go get my new book. It's called The Power to Publish. And it's at the top of the page of zbooks.co at the link, my new book. And it's going to help you with all of your self-publishing needs. Okay, back to that podcast. Welcome to ZBook's Successful Authors Podcast. And today I have with me an infertility warrior, the author of Infertility Can Suck Less, and a TEDx speaker. Please help me welcome Pradeepa Narayana Swami. Hi, Pradeepa. How are you? Hi, Eric. Thank you so much. I'm super excited to be joining you today. I am doing wonderful. Yeah, and you know, I just had my first quick win. I think I said your name right. Yes, you did. And without (laughs) any hesitation. A lot of people, just because of the length of the name, they hesitate or they say like, I'm not going to try it. You tell (laughs) me or you say it. But you know what? Like kudos to you, Eric, for just trying it. Thank you very much. And uh, we were talking a little bit already. And you are in one of my favorite states in America. You're in Texas right now. Yes, sir. I am talking to you from uh, the great state of Texas, um, especially from Dallas, Texas. Yeah, and it's 50 degrees Fahrenheit, which is for me cold. Yes, 50 degrees Fahrenheit and pretty sunny. <laughs> okay, yeah. I, I love Texas, actually, but that's a different story. I wanted to get to your story. You were born in South India and moved. To, you know what? Why don't you say it? <laughs> yeah. So I was born in South India. Um, to be specific, I was uh, born in, uh, you know, I was originally from a city called Madurai. It's very famous for a beautiful ancient temple called Minakshi Temple. Uh-huh. Um, and I grew up um, in Tamil Nadu, my pretty much uh, for a long time, about like 18 to 19 years when, until I graduate, um, then went to another city for my work. And then within a year, I got married and I moved to the States in 2000. Because of the marriage? Yes. My husband at that time, he was working here in the States. So I uh, moved to live with him here. Oh, nice. Cool. Yeah. And what did you do first when you moved to the States? So, um, you know, I, I actually originally come from software development and programming background. Mm-hmm. So that's exactly what I was doing for a while. I work in the technology sector. Mm-hmm. Um, been a developer and then moved on to um, testing software testing and then did a little bit of web development and then um, went into you know working in in agile environments then actually it started uh, working as a coach uh, working with teams uh, helping teams and team of teams and then um, coaching bigger programs and now I um, you know coach leadership and larger enterprises and I work as an executive coach as well. So that's how I grew in my ranks to becoming a coach. Mm-hmm. Um, but nevertheless, there is another aspect which I believe you are going to hit on very yeah. much today is um, with my infertility journey yeah. and how I became a fertility coach. 
Right. So, but let's uh, dwell on the, the origin a little bit uh, first. So you, you, were, you started coaching tech first. Yes. Uh, I started coaching people in, who work in technology. Let's put it that way. Yeah. And um, so, okay, I can't resist. Now, are, what's your favorite system? Are you a Linux geek, a Mac girl, or what? <laughs> Nowadays, I'm a Mac person, yes. Okay. No Linux? <laughs> Not Linux, no. Can you write, can you speak in Unix? <laughs> Not anymore. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, there's room for improvement there, huh? Yes, okay. absolutely. Yes, <laughs> okay. yes, yes. Yeah. But that's not where I'm going with my life. So I'm yeah. okay with not, exactly. not knowing that right now. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that's interesting. See, so you started somewhere totally different, like most yes. of us. And I like that. That's really interesting. Okay. So tell us about your journey then, and then how you got to write the book. Yeah. Um, so the reason for writing the book is, is my own personal journey and my own personal experiences with infertility. Um, like I said, after, I, after we moved here, after our marriage, um, it's been a, it, was, it has been a struggle for us to get pregnant. And it took a while for us to get, our, get, pregnant, um, get pregnant first. And I ended up miscarrying that pregnancy, which, was, which came as a big shocker for me because growing up in India, I was very naive about the fact uh, that people can have difficulties conceiving and can have difficulty um, in reproduction system. Um, I've heard I, that it's, oh, I'm sorry, I interrupted you. <laughs> no, 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 no. India is known for amazing things yeah. along with it's also known for its population. So mm -hmm. where I grew up in, I saw people getting married and they're having children. So for me, I thought it's as easy as it seems to me. Right. So when it didn't happen for me, um, then it put like a pretty big question mark. Like, why? Like, why? Why is this a problem? Like, what's wrong? Right. So that's that's where I was when when we started this. Yeah. And I've heard that um, miscarriage is actually quite common. Yeah. I didn't realize that one in three women, Eric, go through a miscarriage in her life. Wow. Yeah. That's... Which is quite common. Yet, most people don't talk about it. Yeah, it's still tragic. I mean, even... It's, it is very tragic uh, when, you're losing, when you're losing a pregnancy like that. And I was completely broken um, after my first pregnancy loss. It was really hard for me. I was grieving for such a long time. I didn't want to talk to anybody about it. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I felt very... It's, it's beyond disappointment. It's like, why, why this is, right? We tried for such a long time. And the first time this ever happens, it, and I end up miscarrying. Yeah. So that was my first big blow. And then um, I got pregnant two, two more times. Again, we ended up, I ended up miscarrying them. Hmm. And that's when our OBGYN got really curious as to like, okay, you're able to get pregnant, but you're not able to stay pregnant. Mm -hmm. So they referred me to, referred us, me and my husband, to fertility specialist. And when I heard the word fertility specialist, that was again like a aha moment. Oh, you, we have specialists for that, right? Mm -hmm. uh, again, think about my naiveness growing up in India yeah. and not knowing that there are specialists about it. I was, I was, you know, I was excited actually. Oh. There are people who can help me in this journey, right? Like, yeah. yep, these are experts. Medical and this is experts. in Texas, right? 
Um, no, this was, um, we started this when I was in uh, Minneapolis. Oh, okay, okay. Yes. Yes, okay, so we keep started, going. <laughs> yes, we was we we lived quite a bit around the country. Right now, for the last five years or so, we've been living in Texas. But all this happened outside Texas. Whatever my the story that I'm sharing with you. Okay. So two times. Um, so after the third time, we ended up seeing a fertility specialist. Little I know at the time um, when I met Dr. Campbell, my life was going to change forever. Um, it is going through infertility treatments is something that. Personally, someone has to experience it. Um, I can't justify just telling you what it feels like and what it is like to go through a treatment because it is uh, there is more to just me telling I have to take a bunch of medications and injections um, hmm. and treatments. It's such a rigorous process. And the more advanced treatments you get, more invasive these procedures are. That means more medications, more injections, more discipline, more process, more tests, uh, more blood work, right? Everything is like, you know, it, it quadruples. quadruples. So it's, it's quite invasive to some degree, especially some of those advanced treatments. So like anybody else, I started with medications, um, tried for a while, and that didn't work. And then we moved on to somewhat of a less invasive procedure called IUI, which is intrauterine insemination. Okay. We had three rounds of those IUI that didn't work. Um, and then after that is the more invasive procedure called IVF. Um, it's called in vitro fertilization. This mm -hmm. is where, um, I'll just explain to your audience, this is where you yes. take the egg from the women and the sperm from the man, and you mix it in a lab. And then once the embryos are formed, it's put back into the women's uterus. Wow. So it's, a, it's, a, it's I'm oversimplifying it, yeah. but it, 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 takes, um, it takes a village to make that happen. Seriously. Yeah, it sounds high tech. Of, yeah, yeah. Yes, extremely high tech. And also high tech means highly expensive. Oh. Yes, it's highly expensive. So, you know, that means it is, and it's also a very lengthy procedure, meaning start to finish takes about like three to four months, um, you know, everything included. So it's also a very long procedure. Um, so we had the first round of IVF and I was as disciplined because success rates in general, factually with IVF is more compared to the IUI, which is intrauterine insemination. Um, so I was, again, like I go by data. I love data. I love trends. So just looking at and reading about this, I was, I became more enthusiastic about trying this procedure. Um, because again, like I was desperate to have a child, to have a baby. And I did it with absolute discipline. I was like a five-star five student. I'm an A-plus student cool. when it comes to the IVF treatment. You know, I went above and beyond with regards to you know doing my medications on time, my injections on time, my blood work. Um, when they give me a 7.30 appointment, I would be waiting in the clinic at 7.15 itself. Um, it, it, I, I was extremely disciplined. So and the, motivated, I can hear and it. motivated, yeah, exactly. Because Eric, this is, this is my time. Like this is it, right? Yeah. After all this waiting and after all this failure, this is my chance to get pregnant. Um, awesome. I'm, I am there. So I was going at it, and the last part of this IVF is 
once the um, once the embryo is formed and it's implanted in my uterus, you have to have like a two week wait, and they will test your blood just to see to confirm whether you're pregnant or not. So the last step of an IVF process is the blood work, and I was like like I said, I I go there early enough before the clinic wasn't even open. And when they opened the clinic, I was just rushing in to get my blood work done. And I had my blood and the clinic told me that, you know, the doctor will call you in the afternoon. And <clears throat> back then I had a Blackberry and I was constantly checking my phone even in the morning because I, I was thinking like, what if doctor got my lab results sooner? And he just wanted to call me and congratulate me and share the good news with me as soon as possible. So I kept looking at my phone. No call came in the morning, in the afternoon, for whatever reason, this is how I think the universe works. Um, the call went into voicemail for whatever reason. So when I looked at my phone, I recognized the number immediately because I had called the clinic thousand times before. So I know the number immediately and I, I know it was from Dr. Campbell. So with, with my hands trembling, I, I was listening to the voicemail and all I could hear was, Pradeepa, I'm very sorry. And that's all I heard. Uh, I saw my phone dropping and uh, I was at work at this time. And I started, like, I was tearing up like crazy. I, tears started flowing. And suddenly I realized I was in a work setting and I'm crying standing there. And I just picked up my phone, ran to my desk, picked up my bag and just ran outside. And that was, that was a pretty big blow, Eric. I believe it. I was I was an A A star A plus student, did everything and more than everything to study so hard for this exam only to fail the exam. Yeah. yeah. And I gave everything in, and that was a big blow because IVF is kind of like the a golden standard for infertility treatments. If it doesn't work, the chances of you know um, you getting pregnant by yourself are getting more and more slimmer. Um, so to me, my first failure, I just, I, I still cannot forget that day where, where I was in Minneapolis listening to Dr. Campbell's message. Um, and I did not know, okay, what else is there for me? What else is the hope if this doesn't work for me? So I took, it, I took a while for myself to heal and then get, get me back together, pulled me back together. And then we went back to the doctor. And then we talked about like, what are our options? So he decided to change some protocols from the previous time. We tried IVF again, it didn't work, tried again, it didn't work. And wow. then uh, by the time, like I was, I lost count, like we ended up doing eight IVF cycles back to back to back to back to back <laughs> with four different doctors um, because we moved places as well while we were in this journey. Um, and that was exhausting, um, Eric. And Sounds every, like yeah. Every time it felt like because the discipline that I told you about, I I was completely disciplined every time, and I tried anything and everything desperately to increase my chances. If somebody recommends a tea, I would do it. If somebody recommends a supplement, I would do it. Massage, acupuncture, you know, diet, changing the diet, this exercise, that exercise, you name it, I have done it. Tell us about the acupuncture. Yeah, it was, um, it's, a, it's a recommended, it's not like, you know, medically recommended. It's an ancillary procedure um, mm -hmm. that, that is, that's been advised or suggested 
to people going through infertility challenges to increase um, their, you know, the conception, to increase um, their success with IVFs. Let's put it that way. Right. So I tried uh, for three three IVF cycles. I had rigorous acupuncture sessions. It didn't work for me. Hmm. So it's a hit or miss. There is no evident data that it is directly related to increasing the chances. There's not much, um, but it's it, it's it doesn't it's it doesn't do anything adverse to your health. Let's put it that way. It does not have any side effects. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. I tried um, acupuncture once, not for infertility, but uh, uh, something else. And it was very, very interesting and it did help, but it wasn't, uh, you know, a solution. And um, so I right. always... Yeah. So there is, there are some patients um, who are going through fertility challenges. They, they, you know, swear by acupuncture that really helped them. And then I have, I've, I've done it. Um, it's supposedly a professional who supports infertility people, people going through infertility. And it didn't, I didn't, you know, um, it, I'm not the case, right? Like maybe I'm an extreme uh, where something else is also going on in my body. But I also, from a fact that I believe that humans, human body is so complex in nature, there is no, you can't just really pinpoint one thing and see how that's going to help, right? Like there may be multiple yeah. things that's going on. Yeah. And, yeah. and you tried a lot and so I tried that, a lot yes and what exactly happened? exactly and like i always use this analogy eric every time i felt like i was climbing the stairs of the 30th floor building only to fall down face flat <laughs> broken into pieces and yet i have to pick up those pieces myself sticking stick it back together and climb the stairs all over again that's yeah. how it felt every time and I yeah. tried even three rounds of donor cycle as well. What that means is um, at one point, one of our doctors in my journey said like, we are not going to use your eggs anymore. Oh. Uh, for whatever reason, it seems faulty. So we are <laughs> going to use eggs from a donor. <laughs> and that was again, a pretty big blow for me to just to take it in. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. what I was hearing at that time and my doctor was saying is, um, he may be saying like your eggs are faulty, but what I was hearing is you're not good enough. Hmm. Right. Yeah. So that, they're not yes, your eggs. Yeah. It's not your eggs. I was not good enough. Right. Hmm. So I was that it, it really didn't sit, sit well with me. Hmm. And I have to really battle that myself. I have to get over that fact by myself uh, to really make peace with it. Uh, because then I'm in, I am responsible for choosing the donor as well. Like uh -huh. whose egg is gonna be mixed with my husband's sperm? In in this in this story, I was already thinking about some crazy uh, stories. I was making up crazy stories in my head about like, okay, the baby's not gonna look like me because genetically that's not possible. The mm -hmm. baby partly will look my, like my husband. And what if I get angry with the child for whatever reason? How will I treat the child? Right? Yeah, um, that's you should see profound. some of those. You should see some of those crazy questions that I used to come up with. And yeah. without talking it through with my husband, I used to fight with him because in my mind, like, you know, we are using, we're still using your sperm. That means 
you're not faulty, but I'm faulty here, right? <laughs> so it kind of, um, it didn't really help me to, yeah. to be put on that spot without yeah. proper support. Yeah, um, that's not nice. It is not. And it yeah. did, um, you know, we did try three cycles of IVF with donor eggs. The first one, the, that was the only IVF cycle I did get pregnant with twins, but I ended wow. up miscarrying it again. Oh, boy. So that was, again, a blow. And the rest of the two cycles, we tried two different donors. It didn't work. Um, so it, that, that, that was my life for a long time, Eric. It was, so we it have was, six strikes or six yeah. fails, huh? Eight. Eight IVF fails. Oh, wow. Man. Yeah, I've lost count. Too. I'm yeah, sorry. Eight yeah. IVF fails. Before that, three IUI fails. Before that, multiple tries of uh, drugs that didn't work before the three miscarriages. Yeah. I was looking at some of your videos online and uh, one of them, yeah, you said, don't struggle in silence. And that really uh, stuck with me. Uh, yeah. And... Because along this journey, I was, I, I couldn't express my grief or my frustration or my anger or my shame or my jealousy to anybody. I couldn't, because I was, again, like go, the, the bigger umbrella over is I was ashamed of this, right? Like yeah. I'm not good enough. My eggs are not good enough. I can't reproduce where I come from a country where India is exploding with population and people around me, all my friends and my family who got married after me, who are younger to me, they're all getting pregnant. They're all having birthday parties and baby showers and, uh, yeah. you know, pregnancy announcement where here I'm just, you know, I don't have anything to say. I don't have anything to share. My calendar days are moving, years are moving, but I felt completely stuck. And I, the more and more I was feeling stuck, the more and more that I was putting myself in a shell not mm. wanting to talk to anybody, don't want to travel to India. That's where my family is. I avoided to go, going to India, giving all sorts of bullshit reasons why I can't travel. But the true reason is I did not want to face anybody to answer any questions about why am I, why am I delaying to have a child or what is that, what, you know? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the delay part, right? Like, why are you delaying it? <laughs> because I didn't want anybody to know that I needed support with reproduction and even with support, I still not, I'm not successful. It's a very touchy subject, isn't it? I can, I can uh, empathize with that. Yeah. Yeah, it is a touchy subject. And that's why I struggled for a long time in silence. And that also really motivated me to talk about like how lonely journey this can be. Mm -hmm. And you nowadays, I, I made myself, you know, I'm, I'm stepping forward. I mean, I'm mean, jumping ahead here in my, in my story, but I made it my mission because my life sucked during yeah. this time. And yeah. that's why I made it my mission to help others' journey suck less. Yeah, that's, that's a good title too. That really sticks. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So, but we're all really wondering now, how did you have the kid? Yeah, so after the eighth failure, Eric, my husband even suggested, let's go for maybe one more IVF try. For whatever reason, that was the time that I said, like, let's stop right here. I can't go through this anymore. It took a, it, it takes a big physical toll. It was exhausting mentally. It was, there was a huge emotional turmoil for me. And, um, you know, I had 
my my spirituality was also struggling yeah and it, it affected me as a whole person people often don't think about people may think only this is like a medical issue but mm -hmm. this is a life issue eric because mm -hmm. it affects somebody their whole life and i just couldn't i just didn't have the strength to climb the stairs of the 30th floor again um that was the time i said like let's stop right here yeah and we mutually decided to go with the adoption route um yes and we signed our adoption paperwork and it took five years it was an international adoption but in 2016 of august we brought our son karthik home cool congratulations thank you thank you yeah. it's, been, it's been a wonderful three and a half year journey as a parent journey as a mom and journey as a fertility coach yeah this is um that that opens up a totally other subject too with the adoption because that is also not simple i know that and uh yes so you can write two books now <laughs> yes 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 absolutely yeah. awesome yeah well like I said, that's why I've been watching your videos online and you said, don't struggle in silence and you have a, a lot of cool things to help people. And then, well, that's, then you wrote the book, right? So yes. your book, uh, tell us about your book. Yeah. The book title itself is called Infertility Can Suck Less. Again, like the motivation to write this book was it truly sucked for me and my journey was 12 years long which is a long time and mm -hmm. i just did not decide to become a fertility coach one day by pulling this name out of the hat i actually <laughs> walked walked the walk for 12 long years yeah. and i know how lonely it can be i know how it painful it can be i know how i struggled living a life i know how much stuck i was I really did not know how to move forward. I really didn't had, uh, did not know how to say no to things when I didn't want it to. I really, I, the only way that I coped with my infertility was binge watching Netflix, even before <laughs> binge watching was even coined as a term and recognized as a term. Probably, I usually joke around that fact like, Netflix probably saw my viewing pattern uh, <laughs> back then, and they thought like, oh my God, this my customer Pradeepa is watching the show after show, like she's not yeah. nonstop, and maybe we should, Pradeepa watching, and they can't probably say that, um, so they called it binge watching. Yeah. So I, I usually joke around the fact, but that was my coping mechanism, Eric, which is not helpful. Well, it's and, better than eating yourself to death, I guess. <laughs> Or drinking right, yourself. Right. Yeah, but you know, even this was not, you know, this was, this is something that I was trying to do to uh, shut myself out, right? I yeah. couldn't, I couldn't sit with anybody to have a conversation. I tried avoiding uh, talking about my personal life to anybody. I couldn't, um, I had challenges talking about the emotional pain and struggles with my husband. We yeah. felt, I felt, at some point, I felt like, we were living in two different islands under one roof. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, that's, that's kind of lonely too, huh? It was very lonely. And infertility, um, infertility creates a whole different challenge for couples. Because as a woman, you go through it very differently than as a man. And together, you know, in a relationship, 
especially when you're not communicating and when one at least one person doesn't feel supported or being heard or uh, I'm not, I don't feel connected, um, it creates a whole lot of problems. Yeah. It, it affects your relationship. It's unfortunate to say that if you're not, infertility may, may be a trigger for relationship problems to come to the surface very, very soon. But if you don't have somebody who's supporting you and helping you take care of that, it can end up pretty miserably for either yeah. part, either people. What do they call it? The downward spiral or, you yeah. know, things blow up or whatever. Yeah, yeah exactly, yeah. exactly, exactly. And um, unfortunate, there's a lot of people who end up either separating or divorcing, mm. not because not because their inability to have a child, it's because of their inability to take care of the relationship issues. Mm. Yeah, sad, sad. So what about um, your, your book is um, interactive? Yes, it is a very different kind of book where it's I've written it in a work book style. Um, cool where I talk about a story and I give some of my examples, but I also walk through uh, each and every chapter with the workbook activity. Um, the workbook needs to be downloaded actually. Uh, mm -hmm. It's a pretty easy process to download it. And because I truly believe everybody's experience is unique and everybody's journey is very unique. And my solution may not be applicable. What I did, uh, what my tips are, may not be applicable, not resonate with somebody else. But what I, what they can do is, I ask a question like, hey, okay, now I've, sh now this is how I dreamed my journey. Dream your own journey, right? Because I can dream somebody else's journey. Their dream is their dream. So I, I leave it to that person to do their work. And all these, um, all these workbook activities will help anybody who's reading this book to come up with some concrete action plans to put them and use them in their life immediately. I don't just believe in telling a story. I believe in helping people take an action. That's where my coaching had as a, as a coach. That's how I really like to help people. Yeah, that sounds really cool. Uh, immediate results, you know, and uh, I'm Absolutely. sure they appreciate that. Yeah. Absolutely. And this book, even though it focuses on infertility because of my struggles with infertility, I've been getting reviews on Amazon, which is fascinating to read, that people who don't even have infertility have benefited from the book because I talk about relationships. I talk about taking care of relationship challenges. I talk about how do you go through, how do you express emotions? Because emotions doesn't have to do anything with just infertility. It can be any number of things in your life. So there are some people who are just using it for helping them with their life in general. Yeah, I'm reading the comments now or the, uh, the reviews now. It's, it's really cool. Um, okay, I'm not going to go read one right now, but um, I'm, I'm looking through your stuff and it's uh, very nice. Uh, uh, very, everybody's giving you really cool reviews. And um, yeah, it's, it, I, and I like this idea. I'm actually uh, putting workbooks in my kids' books too. So this interactive thing is really cool. Yeah. And uh, so um, 
what questions then should couples be asking when they start their anti-infertility journey? How are we going to go through, but are you talking about, let me clarify that for a bit. Yeah, sure. Uh, when you say that, is it between them or with me? Or, you know, I was kind of um, alluding to your book about the hundred questions. Oh, got it, got it, got it. Yeah. Got it. So the, the hundred questions, let me clarify that for a bit. Um, the hundred, I have a hundred questions ebook that's free to download for anybody who's able to go into my website, which is pradeepafertilitycoach.com. These hundred questions. Okay. So when I met, let me backtrack a little bit. When sure. I met Dr. Campbell for the first time, he's my first infertility doctor. When I met him for the first time, I did not know what should I ask him. I did not, I just went there for a consult, but not knowing what kind of questions I need to be asking him. So with my 12 years of tenure as an infertility patient, you know, that has its advantages too. Yeah. I've collected plenty of questions through my journey that would be pertinent for anybody, whether they are just starting their journey or whether they are in the middle of the journey or whether they are considering um, you know, specific things like surrogacy or adoption or embryo donation, anything like that, um, they have questions mm -hmm. that they can use from my ebook to ask their clinic or their doctor. Yeah, this is a really cool because first you have the free ebook, and second, then you have the book with the workbook. Yes. And you, you can help people, but then you're also a coach. So then when does the coach come in? Yeah. So I, um, coaching is very personal for me. It's very sacred for me. And I work with people, um, you know, people come to me for a consult all the time, but not necessarily all of them will become my coaching clients. Coaching takes time. Coaching is transforming their life from where they are to where they wanted it to be. Mm -hmm. And it takes commitment. And I always show, people ask me, what is coaching? Tell yeah. me how, I, there, is, there is no way I can explain coaching using words. The best way that I could explain it to them is, let's say, Eric, if you wanted to, you've never gotten a massage and you wanted to get a massage, right? There is yeah. no way I can explain the massage to you. You have to experience it for yourself with a masseuse, right? Yeah. I can't just tell Eric, Eric, I'm going to put my hands on your shoulders and I'm going <laughs> to press it and you're going to feel nice afterwards. Yeah, now I no want a massage. You... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there is no way you can relate to that, right? Yeah. Same with yeah. coaching too. I've, I've been a professional coach for 10 plus years, I'm, I'm, I mean, from what I've heard from people, like I'm, I'm amazing at what I do as a coach. Um, for that to resonate with people, I always invite people for a coaching session with me because coaching is so personal and we need to have a chemistry between the coach and the client. And the only way they can experience, they can understand what coaching is to experience a session with me. And that's when we will know it's the right thing for them or not, and whether we are a match, and whether is this something that they wanted to invest their time and commitment to. Yeah, because you you started 
coaching tech uh, topics. Yeah. So what's you, the... No, 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 not tech topics. I oh. started coaching people working yeah. in technology. Okay. I, I work right now with people who are, I mean, like it's coaching, but coaching people who are leaders and executives in the technology space. That's the area that I, I'm focusing right now. It doesn't mean that I'm coaching on technology. Yeah, because I'm very interested in coaches too. Uh, but then there's mentors and masterminds. So could you, I know it's the beginner question, yeah. of course. Can you tell us, okay, so what's the difference when you were doing tech uh, area coaching uh, and fertility coaching, that difference? Yeah, absolutely. And I can also tell you a difference between mentor um, and yes. a consultant. Please do, please do. And there is another question people always ask me, maybe I'll just add to this, is difference yeah. between a coach and a therapist. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. that seems obvious, but I'll let you answer it. Yeah, absolutely. So I always use this analogy. Um, so I'll use this analogy to tell, um, explain it to your audience as well. Mm -hmm. So let's say, Eric, um, you, when you were little, maybe five or four or five years old, you learned how to ride a bike and mm -hmm. you were really good at it. Uh, but now you are an adult and you didn't ride the bike after that. Now you are the adult, you forgot how to ride it and you wanted to ride the bike again, okay? Mm -hmm. So when you go to a consultant, um, what they will do is they will give you this book called Bike Riding for Dummies, 101. <laughs> it will have every answer to all your bike-related questions, how to ride the parts, um, you know, different techniques to ride the bike and everything. This is basically an expert from their experience telling you what to do with regards yeah. to bike riding. So that's a consultant. Yeah. When you go to a therapist, the questions are mostly around, oh, um, you know, oh, you were four or five when you rode the bike for the first time. How was it like to ride it? Um, who was there <laughs> with you when you ride, ride it for the first time? Oh, what happened when you fell down for the first time? Um, who was there when you were crying? And what happened when you were able to get after um, fell, falling down on the bike and be able to ride, right? So the questions are mostly around in the past. And the outcome that we are looking for in therapy is healing. Mm -hmm. And when you come to a coach and the, the questions will go like this. Oh, Eric, oh, you, okay, so you knew how to ride the bike when you were four or five. Great, awesome. Um, and you really wanted to ride the bike right now. Okay, awesome. Okay, where is the bike? All right, here it is. All right, jump on it, sit on it. I'm going to be with you right here. I'm going to hold you. You're going to ride it. I'm going to run with you, cheer with you, and I will be with you until you reach the goal of riding the bike. And mm -hmm. it's, coaching is about um, acknowledging the past, on honoring the past, acknowledging the present, and moving you forward. I like that. I like that. Yeah. yeah. And mentorship is more about using your, um, you know, previous experiences, guiding the other person. Sometimes hmm. it is giving answers. Sometimes it's giving homework. Sometimes it's challenging to think a little bit differently and challenging their status quo. So that's the mentorship in my, in my experience. That's interesting. That's one of the first times I got a satisfactory answer that I actually understood. Thank you. 
You're welcome, sir. <laughs> yeah, because um, you're not the first person I asked. And uh, so now I'm less confused. Thank you very much. That, that is a very good story. I'm going to make excerpts of that, maybe awesome. for, for the blog or something. Yeah, uh, because I'm on this journey, too. I've, had, um, uh, what do you, uh, I've been approached by coaches, and uh, I was looking for a mentor, but I didn't know really what I want. And uh, so now I'm getting closer. So, um, okay, but back to you. What what do you say to people that are too far away from you or can't get a coach or something like that? Oh, I work with anybody and everybody. I call myself a global coach. I oh. work with anybody and everybody around the world. I have only two requirements. As long as they can speak English mm -hmm. and um, they have a decent phone and or internet connection. Those are my two minimum requirements a maximum requirements you can call it to work with me people can live in anywhere in the world it doesn't matter and um, like i said not everybody would be able to afford and that's totally fine and that's why i have plethora of resources in my website which is pradeepafertilitycoach.com um, yeah. i have a lot of blogs i have a lot of podcasts i have the 100 questions ebook they can download I have a workshop um, online, sorry, I have an online um, course that people can take. Uh, I also have this new book that it's more yeah. affordable. People can buy it. It's available on Amazon um, as a paperback, and it's also available in Kindle version if you're an e-reader. So, yeah, that's really cool. I didn't know you have an online course, though. Yes, sir. It is, it is in online. It's, it's online, and it's um, available through the Udemy platform. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I like that. Right on. Um, I'm looking at your website right now. I see your ebook and well, and your your new book, which is great. Congratulations, by the way, on publishing your book. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> but I don't see your your online course. Is it on your website? It should be on my website under resources. Oh, okay. I have to click. Oh, on online learning. I see. I see. Yes. Okay. Very good, nice, excellent, cool. Yeah, that, that is really cool. So you have a lot of stuff. So, you know, um, I, I, what if you're too far away from a coach? Well, that, you know, doesn't exist nowadays, does it, with the internet? So that's awesome. It does awesome. not, it does not. That's, that's what is cool thing about coaching. And believe me, people who are my clients who are local to me in Dallas, they prefer either through phone or online. Yeah, yeah, it's excellent, isn't it? At the comfort of your own home, right? Or wherever it is. Yeah, everything's moving uh, online or, well, uh, uh, home working. And uh, yeah, so that's another topic in itself, you know, the next wave of, of the future and, and how we're going to cope with, you know, something like 40% of the people are already working online. And, uh, but yeah, so yeah, no more, no more distances. And that's great. So you can help people anywhere at any time yes. now. Yes. So what, um, okay. I wanted to try some uh, uh, other questions. So, okay. um, because you basically gave me the first acceptable answer about coaches and therapists and mentors. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> who is your favorite author? Um, I would say uh, Brene Brown and uh, Simon Sinek. I, they're, they're my favorite. It's, uh, their books are so easy to consume. And they also have um, very powerful information to share. Brene Brown 
and uh, Simon Sinek. Oh, cool. So that's like my next question. So what's the one book that changed your life? I wouldn't say there is only one book. There are multiple books and at multiple points in life um, that, that I always try to, you know, uh, pick what is relevant for me and what it, how I'm educating myself. One of the last books uh, that I've read that has, I mean, I'll say, the, the one video that has really helped me to be, to show up very powerfully was Power of Vulnerability by Brené Brown. Oh. Um, so that was, that was really powerful for me because going through infertility, like I said, it was a very shameful journey for me. And if I have to talk about it um, and share it with the world about my personal journey, it needs to take a bit of courage to come out and say that. And that video, um, her TED Talk actually, really, really helped me understand being vulnerable is not a sign of weakness, but rather it's a sign of courage. Um, so thanks to her, you know, I'm able to talk about my journey. Um, and every time I'm able to be courageous and show up even more powerfully. Yeah, you know, I have to thank you for sharing your journey with us too. You reminded me that it takes courage and thank you for that. Yes. And um, so, yeah, it's not really a fair question. You know, what's your one book, you know, but uh, okay, I had to ask it. Huh? <laughs> I'm, so Power of Vulnerability by Renee Brown. Maybe I'll get a link for that. Yes. And, uh, Okay, so if, if, okay, so another unfair question. What's your number one fertility hack or technique or trick for people out there listening? What's your number one thing? I would say acknowledge that this is hard for you. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes, mm -hmm. people don't acknowledge that intentionally. So please acknowledge that. It's a hard journey. It sucks. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Acknowledging is the first step towards taking control and ownership. Interesting because, you know, a lot of people will say, oh, you got to get this book, that book, this video. And you start with the mind and the mindset. I like that. Yes, sir. Yeah, it's important. Huh? Okay. Well, what's on the horizon for you? So... With with regards to my the, with regards to my uh, published book, so right now I have the MVP, which is the minimum viable product. That's in mm -hmm. English. Mm -hmm. um, my next uh, step with regards to my book is I wanted to translate that in multiple languages, uh, so that many people across the world will will be able to have a resource and they will be able to understand, even if English is not their first language, they will be able to understand and help, hopefully this book can help their journey to Southwest. Awesome, that's cool. Yeah, you, I, a lot of authors out there uh, maybe don't think about that uh, and you're helping people. Uh, you could actually help more and it's maybe, maybe a quick win just to translate your book, you know? Yeah. Um, and to me, it's, it's the, the way that I wanted to 
uh, impact the world is, I think, big scale. And I was thinking like, okay, how can I impact even more people? Mm-hmm. And there is my next project would be, hopefully, I'll be translating that in Spanish. And then maybe in one or two Indian languages, Hindi, of course. And then I'm also thinking about maybe one of the Chinese, like Cantonese or uh, wow. Mandarin, right? Like, so I really want people to read it in their own language so, mm-hmm. so that it resonates with them even more. Awesome. So, so let's 10x your book. How can you get this done in like the next three months? <laughs> I'm actually working. I'm trying to connect with people. Mm-hmm. Um, and my publisher is also helping me with this. Um, and I, uh, I'm on the path, actually. I'm talking to people about this already. I'm trying to challenge you, you know, because uh, I want you to get it done in three languages in three months. You think you can do it? <laughs> yeah, I think it's doable, Eric. Yeah. It's definitely doable because we have the original um, book, right? Like, I'm not writing the book now. Mm-hmm. You know, it's all, all, is, all needed is the translation. Okay, so how are you going to celebrate when you translate your book and you get it done in three months? <laughs> three months. So right now I'm using Amazon as the platform. That's where mm-hmm. people can buy the book. Um, yeah. Right now it's an easy platform for me to sell it in other languages as well. Mm-hmm. And maybe once it's out there, then I will probably consult with some experts to see like, hey, what would be some other relevant platforms to, mm-hmm. to reach even more people? That's so cool. So <clears throat> will you come back on the podcast when you're done? Yes, sir. Okay. I yeah. want to see you in three months with a new book or, or a new language or maybe even multiple languages. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> okay. Do you have time for one or two more questions? Yes. Excellent. So then, so one of my favorite grab bag questions is if you could eat dinner with anyone, past, present, or future, who would it be? I would, uh, my dad is no more, and I would love to get, I would, you know, I would love to give anything to have another dinner with my dad. Oh, that is, that is nice. I'm tearing up right now. So that's, now I'm thinking of my grandma. So, (laughs) you know, you're the first person who said that, that they would like to meet one of their own family members. Usually they talk about, you know, some historic figures. So that's really nice. Thank you for that. Okay, what's in your pockets right now? <laughs> I do not have a pocket. <laughs> I know, trick question, huh? <laughs> I know, I know, I know. I just had to get that in there. Okay, one more, one more, because I'm always interested in the East, and you're from India, and, uh, you know, in America, mindfulness and meditation is so big right now. Maybe you have to come back for another podcast just for that. But yeah. so, do you have a morning routine? Um, I, yes, I, I'm, this is what I do. I get up. I always make sure that I make my bed first. That's Mm -hmm. so important for me. I don't like to leave the bed messy. I always Mm -hmm. make up my bed. Um, Mm -hmm. then I do all my morning stuff. And the thing that I really love is waking up my son and giving him kiss and saying good morning (laughs) to him. And we do our morning prayers together. Oh, cool. Um, You have morning prayers. Yes, I always, this is a childhood habit of mine. I always do my morning prayers um, after taking a bath. And uh, that's kind of like a routine for, uh, for both of us. And I love that. That is cool because, you know, in, in America, it's usually, you even see it in the movies, you know, they pray before they go to sleep and you do it in the morning. That is, that is yes. interesting. 
Yes, cool. we do it in the morning as well as once I go home, we do it in the evening as well. But mm -hmm. I, that's one of my morning routine is my morning prayers. Interesting. Is there, is it um, short or is it um, from India or what is it? It's from India. So I'm, um, I'm a Hindu. Mm -hmm. uh, so we say some, some prayers, um, you know, offering praise and um, praise to the Hindu gods, actually. That's it. How cool. It's short and sweet. Awesome. You know, I'm going to go get my, my friend Sheba. He lives a, a, about a mile from me and okay. I'm going to ask him about that. But, um, but, uh, yeah. But, yeah, but back to you now, back to you. Uh, what about meditation? You do any kind of meditation or mindfulness? And I like, I, I'm pretty mindful in general. I practice mindfulness in my everyday activities. And again, like with regards to meditation, like I said, in morning, I typically don't have time to do um, any kind of sit down meditation. Mm -hmm. But in the evening, again, I love to do my prayers with my son. When we are doing our prayers, I would also just like to close my eyes for a few minutes and just sit in silence in front of God. Because to me, um, it was basically like, you know, there is, there is a powerful aspect beyond us and we are all so small when compared to that. And the world is so huge and the world is so connected. And how can I be of assistance and support so that we all can have some meaningful life? So that's how I kind of, um, you know, uh, think about when I'm especially surrendering myself. That is awesome. That's an awesome way to end our interview too, uh, on such a nice note, such a good positive note. I really love that. I, I love it. And um, so uh, I respect your time and I, I want you to tell everybody where to meet you and, and greet you on your website, etc. Anything, where, where can we find you on Facebook, etc.? Yeah. Um, so my website is pradeepafertilitycoach.com and every, all the other details that you're asking about, like my Facebook, uh, my Instagram, people can follow me in Twitter, uh, connect with me in LinkedIn. I have a decent social media presence there, mm -hmm. uh, but my, my main address is my website, which is pradeepafertilitycoach, all one word, dot com. Yeah. And it's excellent because you can also get your free book there. Absolutely. You can download my free book. You can um, read through all the blogs that I have. It, is, it has plenty of useful resources for people. There's a plethora of podcasts also that you can listen to, which covers different, different topics. And you will also get to know about my book. Um, book, you don't have to go to my website. You can directly go to amazon.com or amazon.whatever. And you can download the book. from. You can download through Kindle or you can purchase it. And it has the best title of all books on Kindle, Infertility Can Suck Less. Yes, yes. And that's been quite catchy and it's catching a lot of people's attention. Very good. Very good. Well, you caught my attention and I really appreciate you talking to me. And, and like I said, I want to have you back in several months when you're done translating your books. Wonderful. That's a deal. Okay, thank you very much, and I'll see you next time. Thank you, Eric. Okay, cut. So now I have to hit the button. Now I have to hit the button. There we go. Uh... Okay, my friends, if you like that podcast, 
then remember to go to zbooks.co and go get all the materials to start your authoring career. We have a seven-day challenge every week, so there's no excuse to not finish your book. And remember, please go to iTunes and upload this podcast and Google Play. Okay, I look forward to seeing you at the top.